0: You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Um, We are finishing up our series this morning called The Path. We've been on the path for the last month, and uh, we are not going to get off the path. We're just going to switch gears a little bit, and... uh, move into uh, a different series next week. Um, I, it is that time of year, Christmas time, right? How many of you guys have been listening to Christmas music already? Woo! How many of you are just holding out? You are not doing that just yet, you know. Um, I was a little bit ready to start listening before Thanksgiving, but we have a hard and fast rule in my family that we do not listen to Christmas music till after Thanksgiving lunch. And my boys reminded me of that as we were over, we were riding over to my mom's uh, for Thanksgiving lunch. I tried to turn on some Christmas music early. They said, we you're having it, uh, dad, you got to wait a couple hours. Uh, and so I was like, all right. I was like, I have broken my children very well. So, um, but it, it. It's after Thanksgiving now. We're singing Christmas music. We're, we're listening. The the uh, Christmas music band has lifted, and uh, that's where we're at. And so uh, one of my favorite um, Christmas carols is uh, Away in a Manger. Anybody, you like Away in a Manger? You just like singing Away in a Manger? It's just kind of this n- nice little soft carol. Probably we'll sing that uh, at our Christmas Eve service. But uh, I love uh, Away in a Manger. Um, and I just, if, Steve, can you put those lyrics up there? You know, and I'm not going to sing this. I just kind of want to read through this. And uh, basically it says, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay, right? I mean, doesn't that just feel Christmassy to you? Doesn't that just kind of put you in a, in a Christmas spirit? You know, the next, the next verse says, The cattle are lowing. The poor baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Now, I don't believe that at all. (laughs) I believe that Jesus was fully God and fully human. And I know fully human babies, they cry, right? Anybody, come on now. Parents, and I've, I've, I've seen kids who have been really good kids, and they sleep through the night, right? But... I mean, they still cry. At some point, they're going to cry. Their 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 diaper is going to be wet. Uh, they're going to be hungry, and at some point, they just might be fussy. They just might want something. You're trying to figure out what they want, and so. Um, I don't believe that line right there. I love this song, but I don't necessarily believe that line. <laughs> that no crying he makes. Um, you know, at some point babies cry, and I think uh, Jesus cried as a child. Uh, but I love these Christmas carols. I love uh, this this Christmas carol, um, "Away in a Manger." And we've been talking about this idea of paths, and we've we've said that paths carry you to some things in a way from others Um, and jesus made a lot of great claims and this morning i want to talk to you um, not just about uh, a way in a manger i want to talk to you about the way in the manger this morning because that's what i do believe i believe that jesus made that declaration that he is the way the truth, and the life. We sing these songs that remind us that Jesus is the way. We sing these songs that remind us that Jesus is the truth. And um, this morning, I want us to look at that. In John chapter 14, we find where Jesus makes his claim. Can you put that up there, Uh, John chapter 14? Jesus said this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me, nobody gets to the Father except through me, and so Jesus made these claims. And what you're going to find is this: is that if you go read the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John um, has about seven "I am" statements. Um, John kind of works in this, this number seven uh, throughout his gospel. And this is one way that he does that is he, he works in uh, these I am statements that Jesus made. And Jesus made seven I am statements. And John recounts these seven I am statements. The first one was I am the bread of life uh, in John 6. Uh, Jesus also said I am the bread light of the world uh, in John chapter 8. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep in John chapter 10. Jesus also said that uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd uh, in John chapter 10 as well. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which we just read in John chapter 14. And Jesus also made the seventh statement and claimed, uh, I am the true vine in John chapter 15. So you see these seven I am statements that kind of play out um, in John's gospel where he's saying, hey, Jesus is declaring something about who he is. And so Jesus is not just a way uh, in a manger. He is the way in uh, the manger. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, I want us to go to John chapter 10 um, and, uh, I think tonight actually, uh, starts Hanukkah. Um, I think tonight is the first lighting of the candles of Hanukkah. Yes, uh, my, my, uh, my Jewish scholars back there do give me the thumbs up and say that I am correct on that. Uh, and so for the next eight nights. They'll be lighting candles uh, to commemorate Hanukkah. Uh, now, does anybody know um, where Hanukkah is found in the Bible? Dun, dun, dun. It's not. Actually, it is found in the Bible. And we find that Jesus observed Hanukkah. Did anybody know that? And it's right here in John chapter ten, in John chapter ten, and I didn't give you this, Steve. I don't think I gave you this scripture. But if if you just want a little bit of Bible trivia and you want to know where Jesus observed Hanukkah, go look at John chapter ten, beginning in verse twenty-two, and it says at. That time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple. All right, so Jesus had gone to the temple at the Feast of Dedication. What is the Feast of Dedication? The Feast of Dedication is not one of those God-commanded feasts uh, that the Jews were to observe. Uh, The Feast of Dedication is actually uh, this uh, celebration of Hanukkah because the word Hanukkah means dedication. And so you see here that uh, Jesus is observing uh, Hanukkah, that this would have taken place um, several years before Jesus uh, walked the earth, uh, this uh, celebration of this miracle that happened where um, they, uh, they basically uh, gained independence for a number of years from the Syrians, Um, And so there's this miracle, Uh, this is what Hanukkah was about, basically this miracle that they only had enough oil to light the lamp in the temple for one night. And uh, miraculously, that oil lasted eight nights and so uh, this is this commemoration of Hanukkah this commemoration of this victory over the Syrian army uh, where they gained uh, their their freedom uh, for a number of years and uh, this miracle this uh, remembering of this miracle that happened so that's what Hanukkah is about so Jesus you see Jesus he's in Jerusalem during this feast of the dedication this feast of uh, this feast, this Hanukkah celebration. Uh, where they're celebrating. Now it's interesting that uh, Hanukkah basically is a celebration of victory for the Jews. Uh, that Israel has this period of time where they have some independence, that they're not being ruled by anyone, that they have gained some independence, and so um, there is that. That's what that celebration is about. And so it's interesting that in John chapter ten, um, Jesus is asked by his disciples. Basically, they said, who are you, you know? Are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? Are you going to bring us our independence? And why would they have been so keen to know that at this time? Because it was at this time of this celebration where they're celebrating uh, independence um, already during this celebration. And so it it kind of coincides that his disciples are saying, hey, we want to know about you. Are, are you going to bring us independence again? Are you going to rise up? Are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been waiting on to, to bring us uh, what, what, we're, what we've been looking for? And so they're wanting to know, who are you, Jesus? And Jesus takes this opportunity to say a few things. He, he says some of these I am statements here in John chapter 10. And what does he say? He basically says this. He says, I am the door. And he says, I am the good shepherd. Now, I want us to go ahead and read John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. uh, And let's read what Jesus said, because I want us to read it in the context of what he was talking about. And it says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way... Remember now this this idea of way that uh, we've been talking about the path, and the path is a way uh, that uh, paths and roads are um, basically metaphors for lifestyles. And Jesus is saying, listen, he says, he starts mixing some metaphors. He says, listen, I am the door, uh, but he who climbs in and enters the sheepfold, uh, does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way that man is a thief and a robber but, the, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him the gatekeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he has brought them all out out all his own he goes before them And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, and they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I want to stop right there. And so who is Jesus talking about? If you keep reading in John uh, 10.10, it it goes on. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's like, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, we always attribute John 10.10 to Satan, that Satan wants to come in to steal, kill, and to destroy. But if you look at John Um, 10 as a whole, uh, and even look back at John chapter 9, you start looking and seeing that Jesus is talking about something um, a little bit more um, concrete in the sense, uh, not that we don't have an enemy, but that there are people who have created a lot of havoc for the people of Israel. And those were people who uh, are leaders were leaders in Israel who uh, they were only cared about money and they only cared about power. They did not care about the things of God. And so that's really who he's talking about here. He's saying there are people who would want to take advantage of you. He's like, but I am the door. I am the one who is the door. Now, if you saw... A, basically a sheep pen uh, during that time period. And when Jesus says that he's a door, if you look at a sheep pen, it, it, those sheep pens don't have doors. They're basically uh, rock walls um, that encircle uh, the sheep, and they would have an opening at, at the end. And so it's almost like, uh, basically, if you look like it, it would look like a sea. And this, uh, these rock walls would just surround the sheep. The, the shepherd would bring the sheep in, and the shepherd would sleep in that opening. He would be the literal door. So if the sheep were to get out, they would have to get out crossing over the shepherd because the shepherd is sleeping in the door now i used to sleep in the doorways when i was a kid that wasn't because i was tending sheep it was because i was scared to death of the dark right and my sister would lock me out of her room she says you're not sleeping in my room anymore you keep me awake all night so i would sleep at the foot of her door i know right that's so sad (laughs) somebody needs to call my sister up and tell her how mean she was to me right but, but that's, that's kind of the idea is, is really that the shepherd would become the door. That if a sheep were to try to get out, they would have to go through the shepherd. And actually, we talk about going in and coming out, uh, but it's, it's even the idea of protection. That if someone would try to get in, that the shepherd is there. If the wolf were to try to get in the pen that he would have to come through that door. And actually, Jesus is saying, if the enemy is going to try to come in, he's got to come through me first. Does that, does that bless anybody right there? When I think about that, when Jesus says, I am the door, he says, if anybody's going to get to you, they got to get through me first. And they're not going to get through me. And so he says, I am the door. And he goes on and he, he uses this, another metaphor later on in, in chapter 10, he, he uses this metaphor of being the good shepherd and the good shepherd is the one who, who loves the sheep. And so it's this relationship that we see that Jesus is using these metaphors. He's saying, I am the door. He's trying to get his disciples to kind of be on his level and get on his plane of thinking. Because they're thinking, hey, we want you to be the new king. We want you to be, and if you remember when we say the word gospel, Gospel is not just gospel music. You know, it's not just upbeat music. That's not gospel. That is a type of music in that sense. But the word gospel means that there's a declaration of a new king. And so what they're wanting to see happen is they want to see Jesus become king, but not just king of all the universe. They want to see Jesus become the literal king of Israel where he delivers them from Roman occupation where he lets them become independent again, where they have this national identity. And so they're thinking on this one plane, and Jesus is saying, listen, I need you to get on my level here. I need you to, uh, and yes, there's all these things that come with, with this idea of Messiah. He's like, but you're missing the point because I want to do a much bigger work than what you see happening right now. I am here to do a much bigger work becoming king, not just of Israel, but king of everything, king of your heart. And that is where we have to start right there, that we allow Jesus to become the king of our heart. Because we can have a lot of people lead us around, and we can say that we pledge our allegiance to a lot of different things, but our heart can be in a very different state, right? You know, you can say one thing, but your heart can be somewhere else. You could tell somebody that you love them, but really in your heart, you don't, right? And so, what Jesus is saying is, I want to first and foremost do a heart work in your life. I want to become the king of your heart. I want to become the king and the door to your heart so that there's a protection of what's going on here, what you're letting in and going on. So, Jesus says, He uses these metaphors. He says, I am the door. I am the Good Shepherd, Jesus is talking about access, not just to political or military power. He's talking about access to the Father. Jesus is talking access. I don't know if anybody have ever had a backstage pass anywhere. Anybody ever had a backstage pass? You know, none of y'all have had that. Man, I've had a backstage pass before. Wow. And and a back. You know what a backstage pass gets you? access, right? When you walk up to the door and the guy's standing there and he's got his arms folded, he's like, who are you? I'm like, I pull out my backstage pass. And I'm like, I'm the guy who's walking through that door, right? And that's what you do. He says, okay, you have the pass. You have the pass. You get access. And what Jesus is saying is this. He's like, listen, if you want access to the Father, you got to go through me. If you want access to life, You got to go through me. See, this is something you have to understand that God is very inclusive about who salvation is offered to, but he is very exclusive about how it is offered. God is very inclusive about who it is offered to. Who's it offered to? Everybody. Just say it with me. Just say everybody. You got to say it. Come on, guys. You got to drop the everybody, right? Everybody, right? Everybody gets in. Everybody gets an invitation. Everybody gets an invite to the party. God is saying, you get invited. and you It's like Oprah in that sense. You get invited, and you get an invitation, and you get an invitation. Everybody gets an invitation. But not everybody is getting in just any old way. You don't, you don't go through other gods. You're not going through other means. You're not climbing over the wall of the kingdom. Jesus says, if you're getting in, you're getting in through me. And so although God is very inclusive about how and who salvation is offered to, he's very exclusive about how it is offered. See, Jesus is access. And his access is available to anyone. But access isn't just available any old way. Access isn't available just any way you want access is through Jesus. And you say, wow, that, that, sounds, that sounds kind of exclusive, Jesus. That sounds like you're really just ruling a lot of things out. There's, there should be all these roads to get to God. There should be and that's, that's kind of a thought today, that there's a lot of different ways to get to God. But Jesus says there's not. He says there's one. He says there's one. Remember when we talked early on, we said there's a lot of different roads that bring you to Richmond Hill? but there's only one road that brings you to my driveway. He says, oh, I don't like that, Pastor Ryan. I, I, want, I want 25 different roads to get to your house, right? Well, you can get to my city a lot of different ways, but there's only one driveway, one road that is going to bring you to my house. And so there's an exclusivity there. There's, there's an access. There's a limiting of access. And we see this. Actually, this should not be um, it, it, it shouldn't surprise us because if we go back and look at Scripture, um, we're, we're seeing patterns of there's an invitation offered to everyone, but there's an exclusivity of access. If you look, there was only one way into Eden. Think about that. You think, well, it's a garden. You can just walk in. You know, it's like a park. I just, if I go to Forsyth Park, there's a lot of different ways into the park. It's not, Eden, Eden is not Forsyth Park, If you go look at Eden, when when God expels Adam and Eve from the garden, he sets angels up at the entrance of the garden. And he posts angels there so they cannot have access back in. And so there's only one way into Eden. There's only one way into the ark If you remember that the ark, uh, God told Noah, he said, build this ark because there's coming a great flood. There's there's, there's something coming and you need to get ready for it. So I want you to build this ark and I want you to build it with a door on the side of it. And so there's going to be access for for those who want to. Anybody who wants to be saved could have gotten on the ark. Anybody who wanted to be saved could have walked right up into that door and gotten on the ark. And you know who shut the door? It was God who shut the door. Noah didn't pull up a rope. You go read scripture. It was God who closed the door. And so there was only one way into the ark. There's only one way into Eden. There was only one way into the ark. There was only one way into the tabernacle. What was the tabernacle? The tabernacle was the tent that Moses and the children of Israel carried around in the desert. And they would set this tent up, and that tent was the presence, uh as the tent was where God's presence would dwell. And so, you know what? There was only one way to come into that tabernacle. And when you get to the temple, you know what? There might have been a lot of gates to get you into Jerusalem. There was only one door into the temple. And once again, Jesus is saying, if you want access to the Father, if you want access to God, it goes through me. It goes through me. And see, he is the door. He is the good shepherd. He makes these claims. And so God is very inclusive about who salvation is offered to, but he's very exclusive about how it is offered. See, Jesus isn't just a means to the end jesus isn't just the means to get you to heaven right that's what that's what some of us think it's just like i just want to get to heaven like that's your goal is just to get to heaven not, you know i'm not saying that you want to have a goal to get to hell nobody that should be nobody's goal right uh there's a lot of people who are trying their best to get there really uh but that I, that's not my goal uh, my goal is not hell but my goal is is not really heaven either Although I do want to go there, Jesus isn't just a means to an end. Jesus is the end. There's a movie, um, and uh, it was it was made in the early '90s, and uh, it was set though in 1963. And the movie is called Coupe de Vil. anybody ever seen that movie Coupe de Vil? Um, I'm going to play a clip in just a second. I want to set this up. Coop Coop DeVille is a movie about three brothers, Uh, and they get a telegram from their dad that says, listen, um, I, I want you to bring this car from Michigan to Florida for your mom's birthday. Mom and dad are in Florida and so dad sends this telegram out to the older brother. The older brother is is in uh the Air Force and so he is gets this telegram from his dad. He says, "Go pick your brothers up. Pick this car up. Go pick your brothers up. Bring the car and your brothers to Florida uh for your mom's birthday." And so he goes around and his brothers, all these brothers, three brothers, anybody got brothers. You know, and uh, you know, yeah, just you got siblings. I mean, and y'all fight. Anybody, you fight with your siblings, right? You know, and so hopefully it's not too bad. But these brothers, they're you. Know, it's just like you know, like brothers, like you would think. They they pick on each other. They wrestle. They argue. They fight. You know, they're all over the place and and they're scattered. And so you got the oldest brother who is in the Air Force. Um, you got the middle brother who is studying. He's kind of a nerd. He's he's this college guy who's who's just trying to make something of himself. And then the little brother is he's kind of off the wrong track. The little brother is off in a boarding school because he's just rebellious. And so the dad has the older brother go and pick off uh, all his two other brothers up and, and bring them to Florida. I want to show you this clip because this is, this is what this, this looks like. Hey, Bobby and Buddy and I yeah. oh, we figured it out. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, the is the Same one you bought, Mom, nine years ago. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it is. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Your cousin Marlene's got that car up in already. I don't get it. We, we all get together. We bring this car down. It's not the same car. We all got together. Yeah, we all get together we to all bring got the. We together. Ca- yeah. Look at me. We all got together. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Pop. Look at them. Look at your brothers. You know those guys? Yeah, I do. How well do you know? Very well. Good. We all got together. It's not about a car, it's not about a car. Understand? so good you did good, you did good. all that that's gonna cost you five hundred bucks yeah we'll fix that pop yes you will go on inside your mother's gonna have a conniption, trip go on get out of here okay pop okay pop hey pop yeah I told him what? are you. Well, I had to. Good. I knew you would. You did good, Marvin. You did real good. Pop died that winter, but not before he made his point. Me and Buddy and Bobby, we all get together for holidays, ball games, kids' birthdays. And that's because of Pop. Now somebody's thinking right now, Pastor Ryan, you just ruined this movie for us because you showed us the end of it, right? (laughs) See, the guys didn't get the point. They didn't get the point until they got (laughs) to where they were going. And the father let them know, listen, you've missed the point. You got together. And so the end of this series about the path is this. I want to end it as this. You're not trying to just get somewhere. You're trying to get to someone. And that someone is Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come play. So this morning, where are you at? Where are you at when your relationship with Jesus Christ is? Have you got all these plans, all these things that you want? You're just God. I, I got this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this in my life, and I want this in my life. Let me let me tell you, all that stuff is periphery. It's not bad. It's not wrong to want to have a great career, and it's not wrong to want to have nice things. It's not wrong to have all this stuff, but that's not the point. That's not the point. And the point is not even to get to heaven. Although you get it, heaven is like the cherry on the cake, right? It's not even the cake. It's Jesus. That's the point. Jesus is is the deal Jesus is the main thing Jesus is it that's why we're here we're not here to be religious we're not here to just sing songs we're not here to, for you to throw a dollar on the offering plate we are here because Jesus is the most important thing in our life and it's the most important thing in the entire universe I am not here to convince you to go to heaven I am here to let you know that there's an invitation that God gives you to know his son Jesus because the only way to the father is through Jesus don't miss the point don't miss it this morning i want to pray for you i want you to heads i want you to bow your head this morning See, I don't know where you're at with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know that there's all these things that we can try to build into this and say, hey, you got to do this. And maybe there's all these steps and all this. I want to cut through all that right now. What he wants you to do is just recognize who he is. Some of us is pushed back, and there's all the stuff that gets built into religion and church and I'm not calling you to that. What I'm calling you to this morning is someone. Not a thing, it's someone. His name is Jesus. And he wants you to know him because he is life. And he wants you to know what that life is. So with heads bowed this morning, Lord, we come to you. And maybe we've been hurt by church. Maybe we've been hurt by church people. Maybe some pastor has just been nasty and ugly to us. Maybe we've encountered hypocrites. Maybe there's all this stuff that's just been ugly and messed up, and we don't know anything about that, and we push back on all that. And that's okay, because really, when we cut right through all the stuff, it comes to Jesus, and Jesus is life, and Jesus is love, and Jesus is forgiving, and Jesus heals, and Jesus saves, and Jesus takes all the broken pieces and all the messed up things, and he makes something beautiful out of that. And so this morning, we don't come to something or somewhere. We come to someone, and that person's name is Jesus. So, Lord Jesus, meet us where we're at right now. If our heart's been broken, bring healing. If we're angry, help us just to let go of that anger. If we're holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness, I pray that we would just release that to you and find that the most beautifying and freeing thing in the world is to find forgiveness in you so that we can find forgiveness for other people and for ourselves. So, Lord, today we come to You. We put our trust and our faith in You. And maybe there's no one prayer that we have to pray. But we do have to surrender to You. And we do have to acknowledge that You are the King of my universe. But mostly, You're the King of my heart. You rule and reign over all in my life. And I give You that now. I bow my heart, I bow my life, I bow all my wants. Every success and victory that I have, Lord, I bow it before you now. And I lay all those accolades, all those great things down at your feet. And Lord Jesus, I reach out for you. Let us know you. Give us your life. Let us know life in you. For then we'll have true life. In Jesus' name. Can you lead us in this? Can you guys stand with us? Let's sing this together. You've been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding New Life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.